We're all on a journey to reach our full potential and purpose. And no matter where you are on your path, know that we walk together and not alone. At the Mission Leadership Institute, we believe the path to leadership is self-discovery. To support you, we're bringing the most advanced thinkers in the country to help unpack all that we carry with us on this journey in leadership. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Providence Walk With Me podcast. I'm your host, Martin Schreiber, with the Mission Leadership Institute. Today, I'm joined by Sandy Sauter, an experienced chef and educator with over 20 years of experience in the food and beverage industry. She has a passion for food and has a natural ability for teaching the culinary arts to home chefs and has developed and taught hundreds of classes. She is currently the VP of Culinary Creative for Plate Kitchen. That's Plate, P-L-A-Y-T-E. Very clever. Okay, let's get started by welcoming Sandy. Well, this is a wonderful opportunity, and uh, I'm usually before our podcast asking a question to get us kind of settled, and it doesn't come live, but I think today we'll have it be live, and it really is always a question, and it doesn't ever change, and the question is, Chef Sandy, what did you have for breakfast? Oh, oh, what did I have for breakfast? That's always a fun one. I'm glad I made a good choice today. Uh, (laughs) I had egg tacos with avocado, because there always needs to be avocado in my world on a daily basis, and some chipotle sauce on it with a little cilantro. I can say that that's probably one of the better answers I've ever gotten. And we actually surveyed our participants in the last call over 325. And and that breakfast makes me feel like we're fed for this meal. (laughs) So, nourished, if yeah, you will. Nourished, nourished as well. And, and, and that's part of our time and, and recognizing uh, an opportunity to really set the table, if you will, for our sessions coming up, but then also people to come to understand a little bit about you. And so that, I'd like to just start there in terms of, you know, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, who you are? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me in this conversation. This is really fun and having me involved in your in your whole event and everything. This is exciting for me. Um, I am Sandy, Chef Sandy, whatever you want to call me is fine. I've been um, in the culinary world or in the food and beverage world for a long time now, probably close to 30 years. Um, ha- wasn't chefing all along. I was front of the house for a very long time. So um, this is where I am in my career now from being front of the house to then um, going to culinary school and being back of the house. Those are the terms we tend to use. Uh, to then teaching and teaching home chefs how to cook better. I've married the two together in a beautiful way where I still have the hospitality and the interaction with my guests, but I'm sharing what I love more than anything, which is food. So that's, that's, what's, that's the very short story of who I am and how I got here. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful story. And it also makes us kind of uh, have some time to think about how did you get involved in this in terms of a passion? For the culinary arts were there some memories that you can just kind of think about and, and say boy this is how i got into this uh, that, that you can take a look back in your life 
Um, I have some early childhood memories for sure of, of food. And I didn't realize it until later on when I got into food as a career, how important food was in my play as a child and in, in learning as a child. I remember coming home uh, one afternoon from a class through 4-H. I'm not sure if you're familiar with 4-H, but um, I came home and I was just yelling at the top of my lungs because I was so excited because I learned how to make tortillas. And up until that point, I thought that was just always something you had to buy at the store. It was a thing. It wasn't something you could create. And so I was extremely excited about that aspect and had forgotten about that, you know, until years later. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was a food geek from way back when. Um, and then my favorite game I used to force my brother to play was um, a flavor game, which is very similar to what I develop these days and, and what I'll be doing with the rest of the group. And it's um, with my brother, it was just a little different because we would go into the pantry one at a time and pull ingredients and put a bite together and then make the other one eat it blindfolded. And luckily we were always very nice to each other about this, which is kind of amazing with siblings. But uh, that's when I first started creating and putting flavors together. And I was probably about you know seven or eight years old at the time. It's wonderful to hear about that playfulness. And I know that's become a big part of your own leadership in a way. And as we engage in the Mission Leadership Institute, there is this newer dimension of leadership that we're trying to create around the senses and specifically this sense of taste. Can you, you talk a little bit about this notion of maybe uh, team members, uh, patients, other people who, who really uh, benefit from listening and paying attention or maybe tasting uh, what goes on in their own life? that way that we think of uh, how do you build awareness that I just am experiencing something different than just the world of COVID? Oh, yeah, that's that's a big question. <laughs> uh, I think that through taste and flavor and the experience of food itself, it can it can help center you for one um, and bring you into the moment and allow you to experience that moment a little more a little more fully, if you will, um, because, you know, there's a lot of distractions in life and there's a lot of, you know, things we can bring ourselves down with, but somehow you have the opportunity every day to find a little joy in food. Um, and, you know, you can distract yourself from all other things with that and find a little focus. And it's a moment to reset, I think. Um, and then you can look up and see the world around you and experience it a little bit more fresh and nourished, as we said before. Yeah, and isn't it true we're going so fast? And maybe these times that you're going to teach us could be times of just pause and recognizing what the sense is trying to say to us in our own self-discovery. Are there certain flavors or things that, that do that for you as a chef uh, over the years, uh, just a certain taste that just brings you back to the moment? Oh, well, constantly in, you know, in creating food and even just, you know, even if you're not creating something new, you're just cooking something and you always have to taste it and adjust it as you go uh, to make sure it's right. And the adjustment is the, I would argue, the most important part of cooking. And, um, just 
really centering yourself on that and experiencing exactly what's going on, not what you think is supposed to happen or what you think you're supposed to taste, but what is actually happening when you taste the food. You know, it gets you down to, and I, <laughs> pun intended, granular level when you're tasting and understanding what the experience of salt is when you eat it, you know, and how it affects the other foods around it. It, it becomes um, very, very simple and complex at the same time. Did that answer your question? <laughs> it, and, and okay. it, it, it makes me think about just this sense of adjustment mm -hmm. and being in a team. And if anything that the pandemic has taught us is this word of pivot or reconfigure, you put it in there, right? Mm -hmm. But are there ways that within the kitchen, you have developed a sense of leadership and that method of handling team members in a kitchen? Uh, how does how does a chef help us as healthcare leaders to think about how do you deal with the kitchen of the hospital or, or those types of things? So could you speak a little bit about just what you've learned about being in a kitchen with team members and leadership? Yeah, I think that the most important things are organization, first and foremost, you know, being prepared for the moment that you're going into. Um, and then also flexibility, because there, there is no successful dinner service in a restaurant if everybody is rigid. It's just not going to happen. So teamwork makes the dream work, right? That's the saying. Um, and I've, I've lived it, you know, with one of the most fabulous teams I can imagine. Um, but in any situation, be it the kitchen or anywhere else, there's always going to be someone that's under a little more pressure or being hit a little bit harder at any particular moment that happens you know we have the different stations in the kitchen and right now grill is getting hit hard everybody else is you know doing okay but overall service would not go well if somebody didn't step in and help grill you know and just mm -hmm. say okay i'm good i can help you out and then i'll go back to my station instead of staying in the silo of your own station because guess what? Eventually your station's the one that's getting hit yeah. <laughs> and you're going to need that help, you know? And so by the end of the evening, you can all, you know, be really excited about the fact that service was successful because we had to be a little flexible and help each other out. You know, it really makes me think about safety and you're talking about an open flame and there's nothing more that I'm more conscious now of having little kids walking around than moving that, you know, um, handle or just aspects of safety and isn't that really true of those who aren't in a kitchen but are dealing with multiple members who might at times be creating things that aren't safe or themselves not knowing how do i feel safe in my team uh, are there things that you've done that just make people feel safe in a kitchen that has knives and flame flames and all sorts of stuff because there's a lot of transferring transferring aspects to our own lives about our own desire to to be safe in a team. Right. Um, I think that communication, a number one, top of the list there uh, when it comes to safety and feeling safe and um, you know being in a whether it be 
physical danger or just, <laughs> or just feeling safe enough to speak up and, you know, say, you know, hey, I have an idea. Uh, you need to have a safe environment around you to do that. And communication is the biggest way to do that. Not only creating, you know, if you're if you're leading this team, you you create a safe space and a structure in which this can all happen. But um, within the team, um, creating um, you know a welcome hospitality to the others and listening and hearing that, um, and then you know safety wise, just being very clear about you know, you can communicate about what the possible pitfalls are and how we can avoid them or see the warning signs of them. In the kitchen, you know, if there is a towel laying over the edge of a pan or the handle of a pan, that means that's hot. Uh -huh. You don't even have to be in the room and somebody else knows, oh, you're telling them that's hot. You didn't even need words for that. So it's having clear, you know, communication, be it physical, you know, being it, be it vocal or be it, um, in some other way is very helpful, I think. Um, yeah, and just, yeah, I don't know. I Your hospitality is critical, isn't it? I, I mean, and over the years, having lessons about how to create the space to be hospitable, I think is one of the more important parts of how we think about a meeting, uh, how we begin to set the energy of the room or the mood. Are there things you've learned about how to be a, a, a good host by being a good chef? Sure. Uh, well, when it comes to food, you think uh, your your flavor experience is enhanced by your environment or um, detrimented by your environment, whatever the case may be. But if you're in a good if you're if you're in a good environment and you feel welcome. Um, you feel relaxed. And when you feel relaxed, you can, you know, really experience your surroundings and what's going on, the flavors, whatever the case may be. Um, you can, the more relaxed you are and the more welcome you feel, the, the more open you are, and you can actually be much more productive in those moments and process a lot more in those moments than you would if not. And that really gets at our whole universe which is the patient and how could the patient utilize taste, utilize these experiences of hospitality to get better, to get well. How might you think about that in terms of this whole sense of taste and the experience of cooking that might help us to contribute to healing in a very broken world that we know needs uh, more ways for us to heal? It's a, it's a really interesting question. Um, I think about it like when it, when you're talking about cooking, um, usually somebody is trying when they're cooking something new, they're, you know, they're trying something new, they're putting themselves out there a little bit, pushing their own comfort zone a little bit. Uh, and if you do that, and you're successful at it, that's a win, right? That's a small success. It's a win. It gives you a, a, a motivational attitude, it, you know, I can do this attitude. And when you have the little wins like that in life, you created something, you, you handed a spoonful of it over to, you know, a loved one, and they thought it was amazing. You have that little win, and it's motivational to you, not just in that moment, but that can carry over into other things. Um, motivating you, I can do this, you know, 
to, you know, get better, to heal, you know, to help the healing process, motivating, you know, and saying, I can do this to tackle that next big thing I want to tackle. It, it kind of carries over just that one little thing you can do. And we all have to eat. So why not just make something win that battle? Then, you know, you can get a little bigger battle and a little bigger battle after that. Well, Sandy, thank you so much for motivating us about whether we're getting in the kitchen uh, or whether we're just being with someone to create some hospitality, someone whom we love very much. So thank you, Sandy. We're looking forward to being with you at our session. Absolutely. My pleasure. Looking forward to it, too. I want to thank Chef Sandy for joining us and to everyone for listening. Watch for part two of our conversation in a future episode. To learn more about Chef Sandy, go to platekitchen.com. That's P-L-A-Y-T-E kitchen.com. You can find the Providence Mission Leadership Institute on LinkedIn. Be well.